How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. This podcast is part of the Across the Board Sports podcast family. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good. The greatest co-host in the world is watching Lamar Jackson break a big run in a tie game under two minutes to go in the fourth. So, you know, the greatest co-host loves Cowboys football, but he just <laughs> loves football. So Lamar Jackson, he, he can run the ball, right? I, I thought he was a quarterback. Yeah, questionable. He's <laughs> he's I get he's a new school quarterback. He's a new school. He's a quarterback that can't play in every era. But he can play in this one. He and he's and he's damn good in this one. I, I he's not. He's God. I don't want to kill this guy right off the top of the podcast. He's not a quarterback I want. That's not the type I want. You know, but uh, but you know he's better than two thirds of the league. I'll tell you that. Would you rather have Derek Carr or Lamar Jackson? Oh man, that's that is rough because. I really like Derek Carr, but he's also limited. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have the big arm. And and uh, I, I think he's played like a top 10 quarterback the last two years. Me and you were talking about a pre-roll before we started. Um, Bucky Brooks, Brooks called him a top 10 quarterback. And I said, well, you wouldn't take him top 10. There's mm-hmm. 10 quarterbacks you take over him. But statistically, he has been a top 10 quarterback the last uh, two years uh, under Gruden. And so I would probably take the playmaking of they're both limited in the playoffs. So they're both going to have problems in the playoffs. Right. So I'd rather have the big playability of Lamar Jackson over the, the steady can beat your zones. But if you get into a good defense, he can't, you know, defenses that know, no, he can't beat you over the top regularly. I'm sorry, Derek. I know you're a hometown guy. I'm from Fresno. <laughs> I love you. I would, I mean, Lamar Jackson was an MVP and he can't throw the ball. Like, so you, I mean, you got to give him some respect. That's how, that's how good of a playmaker he is. He beats everyone with that style, except for the best of the best teams, you know? So um, I'm going to take him and, and maybe, uh, you know, a, a break here or a break there with a turnover or something maybe he gets the final, you know, push. You know, it's interesting. You look at a guy like quarterbacks like Derek Carr and Lamar Jackson, who couldn't be any more different. I think for me personally, I would, I would take the chance with Lamar because I, I do think that he can develop. That's a better passion than what we've seen at the same time. Let's just say, use these two teams. For example, if I was the Washington Redskins, I think I might take Derek Carr, but if I was the New Orleans Saints, I'd rather have Lamar Jackson. Who's that first team now? Washington football team, excuse me. Yeah, the Washington Washingtons. There we go. The Washington Potatoes. Uh, Shout out to Rick Leto. Mark, uh, Mark Nooks and, and Skywalker Steel call them the Washington Washingtons. You know, I, I don't want them to change their team. I kind of like the Washington football team. It's kind of growing on me. Yeah, I, I just want them to lose. So I don't call them whatever you want. Just have <laughs> them losing at the end of the game. How scary would it be, though, if Washington traded for Derek Carr? That would be that would be good. That, that that yeah, that is a team I would want Derek Carr on, because he's just he's not a turnover machine. He puts up points. He would work well with Scary Terry and 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 uh, Logan Thomas and them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would not want 
him going any, we would have, we would have issues if they had Derek Carr, we'd have a legit rival, which as we talked about before, after watching first week with uh, the high school, the, the only team that won a game looked like a high school, <laughs> looked like a high school offense playing against a worse than high school football team in the, in the Falcons. Uh, and then the other ones, just the other two, my God, the Giants. How can you be that bad with all that talent on offense, Jason Garrett? <clears throat> and uh, uh, Washington lost Fitz, who I don't think they were going to do a lot with anyway. Like Fitz has never made the playoffs. And defenses change so much year to year. It kind of depends on your quarterbacks, really, that you play. They play so many better quarterbacks this year than they did last year. So, yeah, I just uh, uh, I like where – Knock on wood with health. I like Dallas this year. Um, it's it's it should be a good year. Health definitely is always a big factor, uh, you know, in the NFL. But what were your what are your thoughts on uh, Tony Romo saying that the Philadelphia Eagles? That was kind of his surprise team this season. I don't have his exact quote in front of me, but it sounded like he he was kind of higher on eagle on the Eagles than most people. I think because as the Ravens have showed, you can win a lot of games with the high school offense. Mm-hmm. You know, regular season games where teams don't have time to prepare for it and, you know, you you aren't great everywhere. They can attack certain areas. Eagles have a good offensive line. They have speedy uh, receivers. Uh, just so it's known, it's 27-24 Baltimore. Tucker just hit a field goal, 37 seconds left. Oh. And, and – um, and so with that speed, with the two tight ends, with the good offensive line, the high school, you know, running quarterback that isn't a good thrower with, with Sanders, who's a, a running back that fits that style, you can win a lot of games. But the minute they run into it, like they could beat us with that. Honestly, our defense isn't great. Mm-hmm. But the minute they run into a, a defense that's semi-competent, it's, they're going to get smoked. The guy, their, their quarterback can't throw. So it's the same thing. Imagine uh, Lamar. You know how Lamar Jackson gets beat in the playoffs every year by the good teams? Okay, well, imagine that, but the quarterback's a lot worse at throwing and a lot worse at running. That is the Eagles. Your disdain for Jalen Hurts is it's borderline He's, bothersome to me. Y'all, y'all watched him, right? He had like three yards per air attempt. That's not me, like, making fun of him. I'm dead serious. Like that is what he had. He can't, he can't throw the ball. And eventually teams are going to be like, well, we'll just stack the line as good as your offensive line is. We'll stack the line. And yeah, you have speedy outside receivers, but can your guy throw it there? You know, and, and if the cornerbacks, you know, if it's Dallas and it's Antonio Brown, you probably beat us. But if it's, you know, competent, and he, who are they beating? Saints, Green Bay, you know, I don't think they could beat Washington. Washington will throw that front four up there and be like, good luck, y'all, trying to do that. You know, so I just feel if Philly going one or no, I did not care. I was like, that is the one team. I my my worry was the Giants if they looked competent because they they have Galladay, Barkley, Rudolph, Ingram, Slayton, Shepard. They have guys and uh they have guys, and I'm watching the game, sorry, 22 seconds, they're almost at midfield, the Raiders. 
they have guys, but they're man, Garrett is Garrett that bad? Like it's funny how good Dak and Romo, how good they were because they made Garrett look average, and he is because he's got he has more talent on that team minus quarterback than he's had on a lot of the Cowboys teams, but they've had great quarterbacks, you know. So it's just uh, it's uh, it's pretty mind boggling how how Garrett has jobs. Crazy. Yeah, he, he finds a way to regress every year, even in a better in a, a better situation. Yep. Man, they're going to go down and try to spike. They got 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8 spiked. And they got about a 55-yard field goal. Oh, and uh, what, it's, uh, it's a Daniel Carlson is the kicker for the Raiders, right? Bro, I could have told you Sebastian Janikowski. I could have told you that. I have no idea who they're kicking. <laughs> that, that's the fantasy brain coming out, Mike. Oh, yes, yes. See, that's why you, you're the fantasy man. That's why you got 5,000 followers and all that. <laughs> you got the fan. Daniel Carlson is the kicker. He's three for five on game-changing field goals. Let's see if he makes it to tie the game. We'll, we'll do a little in-game. Keep you guys up. updated Ooh, on the looks score. good. Is it short? He got it. Oh, how much time's left? Is the game over? Two seconds. Wow, the Raiders are going to upset Baltimore week one. No, no, overtime. Oh, he tied it. Okay. Yeah, remember Baltimore came down and scored and got ahead. Derek Derek Carr, boom, boom, two plays, spike, spike, field goal. Did Henry Ruggs have a a reception on that at all? Uh, He did not. It was – you know what? He could have won the first one. I didn't see the first one. Um. Derek Carr, man, keep sleeping on him. All right, we're ready to talk Cowboys. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're all good, Mike. But before we start talking Cowboys, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, at CD Piglet, guys. Nice and easy. And, guys, I am Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Well, Mike, you know, as our first week of football is coming to an end, diets tend to go out the window on game day. So I'm going to switch it up this week and give you some options. Would you rather discuss what you had on Thursday night for the Cowboys game? on Sunday for week one, or what you had today on Meatless Monday? Uh, today's out, because I just had Daphne's, and y'all have heard about that already. I work there. It's great. Uh, tried a new place Sunday, but that's basically – what did I have Thursday? Do you remember what I ate Thursday? Did we talk about it? We didn't, we did didn't, talk, we didn't have any food talk on Thursday, actually. I, I know I know you're how you're, uh, you're superstitious, man, so I didn't bother you too much on game day. Plus, Thank I you. was uh, taking care of uh, – you know, I, I had to work, and then – pick up food and then get game day ready myself. My mom came over and it was my first game with my son and everything. So um, I I didn't, I didn't bother you that day, Mike. You know what we're going to do? Okay. I had pyology on, on Thursday, picked it up after work, came home, made it Sunday. I had pizza and shit. Cause that's, that's football day is pizza day for us. Pizza day, dude. Yes, sir. I don't want to do shit. I don't want to make wings. I don't want to do anything. I want to sit there and watch. I want my pizza to sit out. For over four hours, which I do not like to do, I stick it in the fridge. Now, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I'm lying to y'all. <laughs> I'm trying to make it sound like something. I stick it in the fridge now. But I used to just put it on the bed and just throughout the day, you want a slice, just grab a slice. Then I took that class about bacteria and stuff for my culinary stuff. Mm-hmm. Nope, that shit goes in the fridge now. But yeah. instead of food talk, I'm going to tell you this. I told you I was going to tell you about this guy, right? Yeah. So my dad uh, contacts me from work. And he's like, hey, how do you get your Cowboys wire stuff? 
And I go, you just put in Cowboys Wire and then look for one of my articles. You click on my name and all my stuff will come up. You know, you can look through it. And he's like, okay, because I work with this guy and I, we've worked together for a while. And he, he, I just found out he watches every episode of your podcast. And he never knew that you were my son. And he, watch, he listens, he's a huge Cowboy fan. He listens to Across the Cowboys he goes, he showed me on his phone every episode. He goes, I worked for this. I've worked with this guy for a few years now, but I had no idea. Yeah. And he's like, and he was looking for your, your uh, Cowboys, um, you know, your work on Cowboys Wire. And uh, I couldn't get his last name, but his first name is also Mike. And he gave me his email, which I'm not going to say on air, obviously. Of course. But um, I'm going to send him some of my work and stuff. So if you're listening to this episode, Mike, uh, it must be a pain in the ass working with my dad. Senior crumb, not, not as a, as chill as my crumb. He's no Rogers way easier. My dad is the easiest to work with on the planet earth. He's, he is, he, he's as low key as it gets. He doesn't mess around. Like I remember he taught me everything about my work ethic in I work now with neuropathy with disability because of my dad's work ethic. Cause I was like, I need something to do. I'm just going to get out there and try to do it. I've, yeah. I've been, I think in the man, 20 plus years I've worked, I've been late ever once I've called in once my granddad died. I grew up with my granddad cause my dad and my mom worked. So we went to their house a lot. That's who kind of helped raise me. My granddad died. I worked the day he died. I cried. There was a, it was a video store I managed. I cried and returning the porno tapes. I started crying and I go, dude, your granddad would say, buck up, stop crying like a little bitch and get to work. That was the only time I cried about it, went through and worked. And that's all because my dad's work ethic and he's easy to work with. So no, I'm much, I'm, I'm like that, but even I'm more of a pain than he is. My dad's old easy shouldn't be working anymore but he's got a bunch of sick kids so he's stuck you know i feel yeah. bad for him. kind of sounds like my nana she she uh she was a big big on work and you know sticking things out toughening up because she she was raised on a farm so the work at the thing that sounds a lot reminds me a lot of my nana and i get a lot of my work ethic from her as well yep don't be late. 15, rather be an hour early than a minute late. That's something my dad said to me a hundred times while we were working. I'd rather be an hour early than a minute late. And I'm, and that's just how I am. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I have that. If you're on time, you're late, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, it makes me mad too, because we're, <laughs> I have a key now I'm a key holder to the Daphne's, but at Daphne's I would show up like eight 45, you know, for nine, well, Muhammad doesn't have that. He's like, well, I can get my shit done. So he shows up like 9.15, but I didn't have a key. So I was like, I literally am friends with the people at the donut shop next door because I would just sit in there for a half an hour every day. Like they were like, why don't you just wait till 9.15? I'm like, because I'm supposed to be here at nine. That's, I don't want him to show up one day at nine and I'm not there. So I, I was there. Now that I have a key, I show up whenever the hell I want. And, and I just open the door and get to work. You said the name of that uh, donut place was Lucy's, right? Is that what it's called? Judy's Donuts. Judy's. Because I looked it up when we talked about it last week. And I, you know, I, I was expecting to see some more like kind of craft donuts, but 
even the just the more traditional ones look really good. That that is that's the thing about them is they they have a couple of fancy ones and everything, but it's how good their regular donuts are. Like they're when I get an apple, I probably told this on here already, but when I get an apple fritter, I just rip the edges off and I leave the middle to other people because I like the crispy parts. Friggin' Judy's donuts, the whole thing is crisp throughout and still like like it should be in the middle. I don't know how they do it. They're like wizards, mm-hmm. but it's not good for me because I eat the whole fucking apple fritter. <laughs> Dude, apple fritter donuts are so slept on, bro. Oh, it, they're my favorite by a mile. I just, I love them. We might have to rank donuts in our next top five. Hey, yeah. Hey, we didn't have a top five this one, right? Well, because Frankie, I reached out to Frankie, you know, a little late uh, today, and I, he was undecided. And I said, well, you know what? Because we already have the show sheet and everything planned that just to save it, and he can decide what our uh, category will be next week. So, uh, you know, because of that, guys, spoiler alert, there is no top five this week, unfortunately. I mean, when the game was on Thursday and then we had to record with Abe early and everything, it just kind of, you know, I was scrambling to, to make sure things were releasing at the right time and stuff. So top five was kind of the last thing on my mind. I wanted to make sure that the uh, Abe's episode was going to be ready and that, and that the show she was going to be ready and then also trying to, to watch football and things like that. Abe, I know we got to get into this, but man, Abe, what a nice guy. What a fun interview. Guys, just uh, he has a zest that you you want to be friends with him. He seems oh, yeah. like he's the guy you want to hang out with. Mm-hmm. You know, like like, hey, uh, are we going out? Well, is Abe going? Because if Abe's going, I'm going because you just know it's going to be a good time. He's he's not going to let it be a shitty time. I, I, I don't know him that well. I know him on this. That's the first time I actually ever like talk to him, talk to him b- besides a couple times on Twitter. Um, and he just seems like a nice guy and he looks like Poe Dameron. <laughs> he, he's the, he's like the perfect wingman, but he's also the wingman. That's probably going to get the girl as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's a horrible wing. <laughs> I would never get a girl. If he was the wingman, are you kidding me? Look at my face. Wait, if, if our, if that episode, hold on now. If that episode drops on YouTube, I'm going to make sure it does. We have to drop that episode on YouTube. And you tell me what a – he'd be a horrible wingman. He would just get everybody. He would get everybody. And you'd be sitting there going like, damn, he, like everybody went with him. I didn't even get like enough. I couldn't talk to anybody. Damn Abe with his in-shape ass. I freaking bowl flex three times a week. I'm a big fatty. Because I eat apple fritters, I bet you, you don't eat apple fritters. <laughs> so I mean, he's he's the triple threat, right? Because he's he's good looking, he's nice, but then he's also well educated. But he's studying for his PhD, I believe now. Yeah, I I personally I hate his guts. <laughs> I I fucking I hate that guy. Now that I think about it, I take everything back that I said. I fucking hate Abe. I'm blocking him. He's terrible. You, you how how's that fair? If he if he can cook, screw him. Like he's 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 unfair. He, he shouldn't be allowed out there. And how is he not like the next Bachelor? Man, that's very true, man. I could see him being like on a show like Survivor, or The Bachelor, or something like that. Put his ass on The Bachelor. Lose their mind for that dude. You know, it doesn't strike me as a reality TV watcher. No, at all. No, he would have no idea. We would be like the bachelors. Be, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. Well, you know, we're ready Mike, to get into it. Yeah, let, let's get into it. We're, we're, we're 
we started off strong, but you know, let's let's get let's get back on uh, back to the script, so to speak. Now that time has passed. What are your thoughts on the team's performance Thursday night? Raiders just won the game, overtime touchdown. Uh, I don't know who that was that got it, but he reached across the goal line. They scored Brian Edwards. Yeah, touchdown. Finally, man, wonderful. Yep. So thirty. I didn't start him anywhere. Seven. I'm glad he got got him one. Now, thoughts on the game, right? If, yes, sir. If, if we just clean up the red zone mistakes, we we not only beat them, but we beat them pretty – Count even count Godwin's touchdown that he dropped because they, mm-hmm. they dropped easy seven points too. Yeah. You count that in, but you count the Jarwin block problem, which we'll get into later, the uh, late throw by uh, Dak to Zeke. He also missed Cedric Wilson on that, but it's the same drive, so I'm not going to give him two of them. That would have been two touchdowns. Zerline missed four points, easy ones, not like the 60-yarder. 61 you missed. The other two, you're talking they got a field goal on one, they missed a field goal, so that's 11 points. That's 15 more points. You had 15 points on to 29, got 44. You give them, it's 44-38. We got him. You know, even if you give, even if you give uh, Brady a touchdown at the end instead of a field goal, mm-hmm. it's 42-44. The best he can do is lose by one with a two-point conversion. So you, you just got to clean up the red zone mistakes. And and the team is the offense is just man, it's it's disgustingly scary. Imagine this offense Doc, not playing the entire preseason, barely practicing, and then going out there. Thursday night football on the road, hanging close to 50 on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dude, that's disgusting. It's him and, crazy. Him and Kellen Moore, dude. Match made in heaven, sir. Oh, they, they, I, I, well, you know what? There's a piece coming out. I just uh, read uh, on KD and then we're talking about it. Rafael Vera. Um, I apologize. I don't have his Twitter at right now, but he's dropping something for Cowboys Wire that's breaking down basically how Kellen Moore got Tampa Bay in their base using four uh, specific formations and then just annihilated their base coverage. Just, just found the mismatch every time and just destroyed them. And um, I am so excited to read it and I'll make sure to promote it so you guys could see it because it's definitely going to be a good read. Absolutely. Well, you know, Mike, I thought we were better than advertised. Uh, I was worried Dak and the offense would take a while to get going. That definitely wasn't the case. And I didn't think our defense stood a chance either, but we saw what happened there. Uh, overall, I feel better today than I did prior to our game against Tampa. You know, and I, I really liked what I saw from Demarcus Lawrence and Tyra, man. It looked outstanding. Demarcus Lawrence was the second highest rated edge and fourth highest defender by PFF. Uh, just so you know, the call was called back. Um, uh, Brian oh, Edwards, man. he was down at the one yard line. So now they're trying to sneak it in. So I'll, even though everybody will see this by the time, you know, this drops. Yeah. Keep y'all updated anyway, because Paul wants to know too. <laughs> well, watch your boy Jacobs get in the third CD today. I know. And I, I couldn't play him because he was questionable. So I played Deontay Johnson over him. And uh, that's all right. It wasn't a running back uh, week this week. So yeah. I'm, I'm stacked up. I have one league where I'm, Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones, Zeke, uh, uh, man, I have another one. Like it's us. Like Alvin Cook, right? 
Yeah, I, I have four like number one top like James Robinson's the fourth running back in that group. That's mm-hmm. I can't remember which ones they are off the top, but it just wasn't a week for running backs. I think I lost every game in every league I was in today, which is fine. It's first week. We'll live. We will live. Well, you know, Mike, I wanted to ask you about Jordan Lewis's decision to run it back after that pick in the first half. What, what are your thoughts on him make, on him doing that? I love that. Anytime it's into the half like that, go try to make a play. Should he almost returned it? He honestly, I thought I haven't seen the all 22. I'm watch. I'm off tomorrow. I'm going to watch it. But there, I thought somebody dove at the legs of uh, the people blocking in front of Jordan Lewis, which is a penalty. Now this year, you can't, you can't dive block and take out a blocker ahead of his legs. Mm-hmm. There was no penalty called. If there was, we would have got a field goal kick in. Um, honestly, if he just cut back, he probably returns it for a touchdown. I think he was so tired at that point, you know, he just didn't, didn't want to do it, but, uh, I, you definitely always try to return those. It's the end of the half. Why not? The worst thing that happens, you get tackled in the half. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know what the analytics say in that situation, but I don't really mind it. My only concern would be what happens when he tries that again. And like you were saying, someone is making a block and gets injured. I I just kind of feel like those types of plays are an invitation to fluke injuries. It's possible, but man, a, a, I guess it's a slim chance, but you still want to put points on the board. Right, right. And there, there is a chance that, you, I mean, he almost did. So I say go for it. Always try to make And it's exciting. I want to watch it. Yeah, that, that was an exciting way to end the half for sure. But Mike, you were talking about the issues that Dallas had in the red zone. One play in particular was the uh, pitch play to Zeke. Can you break down what happened between that uh, play with Zeke and Jarwin? Yeah, it, it man, it trips me out that people not only killed Kellen Moore for the for a call that was that worked beautifully, but then killed Zeke for not you know breaking a one on one tackle that should have been easily blocked by Blake Jarwin and should have been a walk in touchdown. Uh, they just intercepted it. Baltimore bounced off someone's helmet. And got picked off in the end zone. So the game is not over. Oh, my goodness. Crazy. <laughs> what a game. What a Monday night game. Um, but it, it trips me. So they, they ran a, a option pitch. Dak's such a threat in that area, especially in the red zone, that the guys suck him in on, uh, up on him. Mm-hmm. It leaves Zeke. A, there's one guy left that's supposed to be covering Zeke. But they called a play where Jarwin's out there on that guy. So he makes the block. Zeke walks into the end zone. The play's called brilliantly, and Blake Jarwin just whiffs it. I mean, gross. Uh, uh, you know, like, like it is something you put up in the film and you go, you cost us the game. You lost us the game by doing by not blocking here. That's basically what you tell them. So um, it was a great play call. It, it just wasn't well executed by uh, Jarwin. And there's nothing you can do but tell them you better make that fucking block next time because, you know, you you cost games doing that. Is that a play you'd like to see used again in the red zone? Definitely. You're not only using Zeke on a run, but you're doing it in a in a unique way. And then Dak's legs are involved. Because if the trust me, if the guy goes after the pitch man, Dak just dives through. He's a big boy. He dives right in the end zone. You, mm-hmm. you have to honor that. So the tight end just has to get that block. And, and I throw, I still throw Jarwin out there because 
the next time you do it, you can have a wrinkle in it where, where Jarwin leaks out. And instead of the pitch, it's a, it's a jump pass to him or something like that. Yeah. You just got to tell Jarwin, you, you got to make a better effort. I know you're not a good blocker. That's ridiculous. That's worse than not a good blocker. That is ridiculous. Like you could, if you put on a horrible block, you still score on that. But because it was a, a, it, it was, it was a whiff. It was a completely whiff. It, it messed the whole play up. The only thing about those types of plays is where it seems like if everything goes perfectly, it is a perfect play, but one hiccup and it doesn't work. You know, I don't know how I feel about calling plays like that in the red zone. Yeah, but the problem is in the red zone, it's so hard to score that you need plays like that. Yeah. Like that, it's hard to get to score touchdowns in the red zone. The the field is shrunk. The Mm -hmm. defense doesn't have as much uh, field to cover. It makes it easier on them to to keep you from getting the ball in gaps. And to call a play where it's like, hey, all you have to do is execute a simple thing and it's a walk-in touchdown, that's beautiful play calling. Just you can't – you can't – you're an NFL player. You can't whiff like that. It's not like that defender made some kind of great move. It was just a gross Mm non-effort, like gross. So, yeah, call the play again. And, and if he can't do it, then fucking, you know, discipline him for it. So, like they, they played, if you watch, rewatch the, the, uh, the game, Schultz played that ending drive. Jarwin did not. Schultz had a lot of playing time Thursday night. He was the tight end one. There's no doubt about it. I don't know who started, but the tight end one, based on snaps and play and everything, was, uh, was definitely Schultz. Yeah, we, we talked about that, you know, who did we think was going to be the uh, the tight end one? And I think we both said that we thought Schultz would get more playing time at first until Jarwin kind of got his legs back under him and everything. But, I mean, you know, credit to Schultz because when he's given the opportunity, man, he's always he's always done well with it. He might just be the better overall player. Yeah, it's funny, too, because uh, guys like – I don't know if they'll let Randy Gregory get away, but, but solid starters – that are kind of underappreciated in Dallas, mm-hmm. like Connor Williams, Dalton Schultz, Michael Gallup's a little bit more than a solid starter. Yeah. But those three guys are probably going to go elsewhere next year and get us some good picks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think Cedric Wilson is not Michael Gallup, but he's he's an okay number. There, there might have just been a fumble return, uh, uh, and Raiders got it. Nope, incomplete. My so, I think Michael Gallup is better, but Cedric Wilson with, with Amari and CeeDee Lamb will be a fine number three. McGovern's going to move right in and be fine at, at left guard. And uh, Sean McKeon, I think it's going to come in and and handle the Schultz, the Dalton Schultz role. And we're going to end up not losing a ton uh, offensively with those three, but end up getting three, probably top 150 picks um, for those players. And then, and then you don't even know about what Randy Gregory is going to get you, you know, if, if we don't keep him, I think that might be the one guy that they're like, no, nah, we're not going to let him get away. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how the off season plays out and how much money uh, those three players get elsewhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried. I mean, of course, I'd hate to lose Gallup and Schultz, obviously. But like you mentioned, Cedric Wilson will be fine. 
if we have to only make one one move to keep one person, that's definitely going to be Gregory for me as well. Yeah, I agree. And 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 depending on how Cox develops, I wouldn't mind Keanu Neal coming back. Even even with Cox, if he was up there with them, mm-hmm. you'd still have Neal, Cox, and Parsons. Parsons becomes your Mike. Neal and Cox become your outside guys. And then in nickel, you decide how you want to do it. Um, you know, maybe you run a three defensive lineman uh, like they were with um, with Parsons as like your fourth D line linebacker. And then you have uh, Neil and Cox as your nickel linebackers in that. So we'll see what they do. It's going to be fun. Well, Mike, we know that there's there's been a lot of changes here on the defense and we saw some changes on the offense on Thursday night. Dallas ran it 18 times compared to almost 60 pass attempts. Is that a trend you think will continue? I don't because I think it was it, it was something we've asked for a lot. What do, what do, as the guys that crushed Jason Garrett, what do we always say? We hated the we're going to do what we do, going to line up. It doesn't matter who we're facing. If we do what we do, then it's uh, then it's you know that's that's what's going to win you the game or lose it. These guys said Kellen Moore was like, no, it's dumb. Why they don't they can't cover our receivers. Why are we running? Why are we giving them an advantage? Why are we saying, uh, do I think they run a couple more times with Zach Martin? Sure. But you're talking about Connor Williams, who's who I like, solid starter, be honest, and basically his rookie year still, he's played four games. And um, and McGovern in his, he's only played three or four games, you know, and you're asking them to go up against Vita Vea and Indomitian and, and Sue up the middle and just try to run it. Like, no, it's not going to work. So they went scheme team uh, specific on Mm -hmm. their, on their schemes. And, and I love that they did it. So, you know, it's uh, it's, I'm excited about it, man. I can't wait to see what they do because the truth is the, the chargers got gashed in the running game. So now this might be a 25 carry for Zeke game. And, and it could be, that's, what's great. We don't know what they're going to do. And Raiders just scored. There was a turnover. Raiders got the ball. They just scored. It's officially over. They got a touchdown. It was to Jones from Carr to Jones. Jones. Zay Jones. Wow. Yeah. 33-27. And I think Lamar Jackson either threw a pick or fumbled because it looked like he was pissed off on the sidelines. But I missed that play because we were talking about the Cowboys, so that's okay. Well, shout out to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders for the – I don't know if it's the first episode of week, first upset of week one. I feel like um, the uh, I don't know if the Cardinals upsetting the Tennessee Titans would be considered an upset, but I don't think anybody picked the Raiders to beat the Ravens this week. No, I had Baltimore for sure. I picked Baltimore, and, and I I'm a fan of their like I actively root for the Raiders because of Carr, but I was like, dude, Lamar Jackson just doesn't lose to teams other than like Kansas City and Buffalo. So mm-hmm. I just thought they'd, they'd win. And I like Harbaugh coming off of, uh, you know, buys and stuff. He's a good quarterback. Yeah, for sure. We, you know, as far as the trend with the uh, pass and run, Mike, whatever helps this one is going to be my preference. I, as we're seeing, the league is pass, is pass heavy now, and we have one of the best quarterbacks and some of the best wide receivers in the league. And at the same time, we also have one of the best running backs in the league. I don't think we should force anything. We've seen good coaches and coordinators are adaptable, and we saw what happened when Garrett was our head coach. He refused to change his game plan, even when it wasn't working. So it's nice to know that we have 
coordinator and Kellen Moore, who's when things are working, he's willing to adapt and and uh, make make changes. Yeah, I agree. That that's the real key is that they. I just it's been so long since we've had a team that would. I mean, I can't even remember. Uh, we've had Garrett so long. I can't remember a team that just said, you know, it's just better if we do this. And I don't care that you need balance this and all oh, this. You need just run 25 times. Screw that. This matchup. What do you need to do this matchup? It's it's the same thing with defense. When you're just, oh, you play your base four, you play back. If the team stinks against the blitz, then blitz them. That's it. And so it's it's just nice to have a coaching staff that that'll do that. Uh, Lamar Jackson got sack strip fumbled. That's what happened. Mm. Yeah, it just kind of makes me think about uh, Dak's rookie year. We faced the uh, Green Bay Packers in the playoffs who had the worst secondary in the NFL. And what do we do? We come out running the ball. And then when we start passing, we, we actually put up points. But at that point, we were already down 21 points. And they, and they ran the same defense that, that you showed Aaron Rodgers in the first one. Aaron Rodgers, you can't throw that same defense out there thinking that he didn't study it and, and get ready for it. And, and you know, they switched it up and, and stopped him for a lar- large part of the game after he got 21 points straight. And then at the end, they went back to that same defense and, and Cook beat him and they hit the field goal frustrating extremely frustrating you know a look that i i haven't seen too often is a defensive tackle lining up at, at fullback mike what were your thoughts on vita vea lining up at fullback i thought william refrigerator perry yes sir <laughs> old school bears uh, and my dad's favorite team so I, I watched that 85 super bowl where they did that too and uh you know, it's funny because it, it it didn't really work at first. They they got it and they got stood up, but it ended up being a touchdown. So you really can't, you know, say anything about it. It scored and it worked. And yeah, the my thought was uh, William Refrigerator Perry from the Bears. Yes, sir. It's always nice to see somebody bust out an old school play. Yeah, it really is. And, and dude, the way with how, I don't want to say soft we are inside, but more we're we're not real power guys in there. We're more agile. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Beatus will be a power guy. I think McGovern can be a power guy, but um, they're not quite there yet. And McGo- and Williams is not a power guy as we know. So it'd be nice to put somebody in there that could just boom, run into the back of them and, and move the pile a little. Dude, Vita Vey is such a beast. He is. He's, he was he's probably the best player out there uh, that whole game on defense. He's, I know the, I, I'm tank all day. I know the PFF grades, but nobody affected that game like Via Veda. He's, he was in there when they knew, like, well, we know they're not running, and it doesn't matter. That's the kind of nose tackle he is. It's like, no, no, you don't take this nose tackle out, even on uh, pass plays. Yeah, it's, not, it's, you know, it's pretty crazy to see a guy be effective, and even though he's not getting sacks, he's still having an effective game. Yeah, he really was impressive. So impressive. Guy's a stud. I wish we could have drafted him. Yeah, I really uh, – I do as well. I was, I was hoping he would slip to us, but I think he – what was it, two picks before we made ours and then Derwin James right before our pick as well. That, 
I'll never forget that draft night because I really thought that both those guys that we had a real chance to get them in. I actually thought there for a second that we might trade up to trade up for Derwin James. Uh, they wanted LBE the whole time. Yeah. Even if the other guys dropped, it was a safety and a defensive tackle or a linebacker. We already know that answer, people. Yeah, I remember Brian Broaddus was was talking about LBE about three weeks prior to the draft. So, you know, it yeah. was wrong for me to get my hopes up, but it would have been nice. Yeah, man, can you imagine? And I and I don't hate LBE. He was an All Pro. He got hurt. Nothing you can do about that. But yeah, not not the same player as those other two. I just man, think about this this defensive line with T.J. Watt and Vita Vea, dude. Why you got it? Why? Why you got to bring up old shit, Paul? Why you got to bring up old shit? Are you gonna bring up Dax injury next? Is that your? You Never. Just, it's eleven o'clock there. Aren't you tired? <laughs> I am getting tired, Mike. And you know, as a Cowboys fan, I'm tired of all the no calls. Surprisingly, I felt like the game was evenly called on Thursday night. However, I do feel like the refs missed a late hit on Dak with the Connor Williams holding call in the fourth. What about you? You know, I was I was gonna ask you about this. I get it since I read the show sheet. I didn't get a chance to go back and look. I I do not remember that at all. I remember the helmet slam. Mm-hmm. I remember the Jordan Lewis interception where they dove at the guy's legs. Obviously, the offensive pass interference with um, uh, Godwin. I don't I don't remember this one. So you're I'm gonna leave it to you. You tell me what did you see? Well, I just remember they showed the replay. Like they, you see the call, you see Connor Williams, you know, acting frustrated, but then they showed a replay of the actual play and Dak gets rid of the ball and then he gets taken to the ground. And I, I don't remember who it was that made the tackle, but it was like he wrapped up and, and took him to the ground. Oh, he did the old uh, landed on top of him type thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's an automatic penalty. Typically. What, what were your thoughts on the game? Did you feel like that we, uh, as as a Cowboys fan, I mean, it felt like we were getting a lot more calls than, than years past. Did you feel that way? I, I felt the clutch calls went towards Tampa, but I yeah. felt like it wasn't worth using that as an excuse because you went one for four in the red zone, and those weren't about penalties. And you also, on a fourth and three, went for a field goal when you were mm-hmm. dicing them up with Dak Prescott. So, you know, you, you didn't make – Man, it's it's hard to say that that when the defense gave up 31 points and gave up the last, you know, score to Brady, it's hard to say that it was the offense's fault because of how Dak good Dak was that game. Yeah. But the offense really biffed it, honestly. I mean, they they really should have put up 40 plus on Tampa's defense and they didn't because they dropped the ball here or had a penalty here or didn't hit a block here or we're wait late on a throw here, um, you know, and, and the defense, I get they gave up 31 points, but Jesus, they got four turnovers. Like that, that is, we said the whole time, if we're a top 10 turnover defense and good on third downs, we'll be happy. Well, we held them under 50% on third downs, which we're talking about the Buccaneers here. We're talking about Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, Gronk, Godwin, Evans, you know, we're talking about a crew and uh, and they held them under 50 percent and they got four turnovers on them and the offense just couldn't couldn't do that, that couldn't do the thing they needed to do to put them over the top against a great team like Tampa. 
Michael, one thing that was a big uh, topic of discussion was was the special teams and Greg Zerline. He himself left seven points on the board. If you want to, even if you're, you know, you talked about removing that sixty yarder, just four points on the board, but which would have won us the game. How long should Dallas wait to bring in another kicker and have or, and have an open competition? I'm honestly not going to. He didn't have a preseason. In the end, he hit that 47-yarder to win it right down the middle. He almost made the 60-yarder. He's rusty. Honestly, it was as much on the coaching staff as it was on Greg Zerline. He just never got to kick. He's coming off an injury. Like, you know, all it was is I understand they didn't want to waste a 53-man roster spot with this young team they have. They want to keep as many guys as they can. Um, but the honest truth is Azur Kamara probably, or another guy, I'm just giving a name we know is lower on the roster, probably should have been cut, went to practice squad, uh, or sign a kicker to practice squad. One of those things to move up just until Zerline got a chance to make some kicks. Um, it didn't happen. He missed a couple, but I'm honestly not bringing in another kicker. I think, I think. Greg Zerline's going to be fine. Not even as an insurance policy, given his injury history? Well, they brought one on to practice squad. So if he's hurt, they have a guy to bring up. But they brought the guy back that they had before, which I'll butcher his name because I don't have – if I read it, I'd have it in front of me. I know, but it's it's the guy they just cut, uh, uh, you know, right before the 53, man. They brought him on for like two days and then cut him. They brought him back to the practice squad. Um I just I don't have a problem with Zerline. if you look at his stats he he was he dominated from forty to forty nine yards which is what I need you to make I mean from you know uh, uh, twenty to forty nine yards I need you to make those kicks that's the ones I care about the big ones some are going to go in some are not you have the leg to make them you're going to make some of them um, so yeah I don't mind and I don't blame the kickoffs on him either. Because when he was asked to kick it out of the end zone, he did. He was clearly asked to kick it short because they wanted to try to tackle him and set up a shorter field or a longer field, and it didn't work out. The guys didn't get there. I'm not blaming the kicker on that if he was asked to kick it up to where it was returnable. No, yeah, you, you bring up some good points because I, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought about Greg Zerline not, not uh, playing at all in the preseason. So, I mean, he's going out there shaking off the rust that – that definitely makes the uh, you know the misses a little bit more digestible for sure. Yeah, when it came down to it, he put in that forty-seven like an OG to give us the lead. Right. I mean, he made the most important one, honestly. Yes, um, I'm still mad. You can't miss the extra point. You can't miss the thirty-one yarder. That's why I want to keep you because you did hit those so well last year. So don't make that a trend. But I'm not killing him for it. He, he, week one, I'm not going to do that. All right, Mike, here comes what might be the toughest question on the show sheet. Who played a better game, Dak or Brady? Okay, so this one's tough because you hate to do the wins and loss thing, mm-hmm. but they both played so great. Like, I think individually Dak was better because he went against a better defense. So he went against Tampa Bay's defense. Brady went against, you know, Dallas's defense, which is basically eight new guys in nickel in their base. So hard to, you know, deal with that with with so many people, uh, you know, and changing parts, whereas Dak had to go cold into Tampa, the reigning Super Bowl chance, bringing all their guys back. So I would say performance wise, Dak was better. That said, they were close enough 
to where I'm giving Brady the edge because he won. He won the game. He took him down at the end. He won. Now, this is what's crazy about it. This this is what makes it hard. If the defense, say the defense, Demarcus Lawrence gets that sack on Brady or the strip on Brady that he almost got in that Mm -hmm. last drive. So Demarcus Lawrence makes a play and, and, uh, and, and Dak's the better quarterback. How does that make sense? You see what I'm saying? Or let's say it's not a turnover because then Brady would have turned the ball over. The, the receivers drop three perfect passes uh, and fourth down, they, they throw an eight yard pass. He doesn't make it. They, they don't get it. Dallas wins. Then Dak played the better game because the defense made a stop because the wide receivers dropped three times. It doesn't really make sense. So I get, you know, people would say, well, Brady played, you know, Dak did play better. Yeah, he did. I'm giving Brady the advantage because they both played amazing. Yeah. Um, but Brady won. So you give him the little tip of the hat. Like, hey, you won the game. Like, I think Dak would. I think, well, Brady played a better game. He got the W. Right. You know, so I'm kind of doing it from that, from a political point of view. You know, Mike, it was very close to me. And we try our best to be honest and not biased on this show. For me, it was so close that I had to find a way to break the tie. And in order to do that, I went with red zone success. And we know Dak was one for four in the red zone. Brady was three for five. So I I had to go with Brady simply because of that. And the three for five, don't forget the last one was just because all they needed was a field goal. Mm -hmm. So it's really three for four. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. Red zone success and and that led to his W to him getting the W. So yeah, I'm with you. I think that's very fair. And then also Godwin with the fumble in the red zone. Yeah, and the drop. Don't forget they dropped that that passes. Man, you can't drop. That's a tough catch, but just like CDs that ended up being an interception, you two are too good not to bring those in. Those those aren't your basic receivers. That might have been the best game for week one. You know, other than maybe the the Ravens, uh, the end of the Ravens and the, and the Raiders game, but overall, throughout the entire game, that that was that might have been the best game of week one was Tampa and Dallas. I I think it was by far. I think most fans would say that, regardless of their team affiliation. Like obviously, Tampa and Dallas fans are gonna be like, yeah, that was the best. But I think regular fans would just like if a a novice fan watched all the games. They would be like, man, that one was amazing. Yeah, agreed. So, Mike, did Tampa win this game or did Dallas lose the game? Dallas definitely lost it. I mean, yeah. you the 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 they gave twelve points away. They missed two gimme a gimme extra point and gimme field goal. Not only that, but the field goal they missed, they went they didn't go for it on fourth and three, which they should have um zeke the jarwin block on the zeke option was just ridiculous you guys already heard me go over that zeke um was open on the sidelines and would have walked in for a touchdown Dak was looking elsewhere was a little late so Dak showed he was human mm-hmm. a little bit on that he was late and zeke wasn't able to turn up field if he was it was a walk-in touchdown uh they they really should have put 40 plus easy on 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 tampa bay and they made offensive mistakes. So, yeah, I'm going to say Dallas lost it. Mike, we had our chances in the red zone. Our special team had chances. The defense created chances with turnovers, and yet we let Brady march down the field like he always does. Dallas lost this game. I agree. Uh, and, and that's taking nothing away from Brady at the end. If you're just asking me at the end, hell yeah, Brady went down and won it. 
But throughout the game, we, man, we should have put 40, 40, 45 points on those guys. Was there any question in your mind when you saw how much time Brady had left that he was going to march down the field and give at least give his, his team a chance? I literally tweeted out the minute our field goal went in. Instantly, I tweeted out, well, Tampa's kicker could miss it because mm. I knew they were going to yeah. go down and get in field goal range. There's no doubt in my mind. I'm sure the NFL lo- loved the way that game ended, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why they didn't call a pass interference on Godwin. Uh, it just blows my mind that they called it on Gallup the year before when, like, you would think you want the game. To, like, we're not going to let that decide it. We want this game to have a chance to go to overtime, but nope. Oh, old Tom Brady getting getting those calls as always. Always. So always. What can our defense build on from week one heading into week two? Uh, number one, the turnovers. Great. Uh, you know, the two were forced. Uh, uh, KZ and Tank were quote-unquote forced turnovers. Uh, Diggs was Johnny on the spot on a Leonard drop, but you got to make the play. And the Hail Mary, hell, I saw – I you see Hail Mary's completed all the time now in the league. Green Bay had it happen to them with Tampa last year. Scotty Miller got one. So you still have to make those plays, even though they're not considered like, you know, real turnovers or whatever. Uh, You got to make the plays. So they got four turnovers. You got to love digs, digs, digs. I get that they could throw to other guys. Mike Evans is not a receiver that you just avoid because there's matchups elsewhere that are good. You give Mike Evans chances. He got three targets on Diggs, one catch, 10 yards. Like, man, Diggs look good. I don't want him on Keenan Allen, but I, he looked so good on Evans. And then uh, the young guys got experience versus the, uh, the best team in, yeah. you know, the best offensive football. All those young guys got to see a good offensive line, a quarterback that throws the ball fast, receivers and tight ends that could just – melt you alive and every in every spot like nobody would have been surprised if mike evans dropped 120 and two touchdowns if we put Diggs one-on-one man on him all game Diggs just happened to light him up but nobody would have been like oh i'm shocked the second year corner didn't give up a couple of touchdowns to a great wide receiver like mike evans so and then lastly they can look ahead and say you know, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Eckler are, are, are good, but none of them are, are in that Tampa realm. That Tampa offense is crazy. And, uh, and so they can, they can take that into account that they're not going to be facing an offense like Tampa Bay. Now, Mike, I'm going to go with our defensive line. I, I know Tampa didn't run very much, but when they did, there wasn't any room to run. Our, our defensive line also created a turnover. I can't help but feel like our front seven is going to be the, the unit that sets the tone for our defense. Yeah, it has to be. Our, our secondary is bad. They, they honestly need to get more pressure. We, and we need our DTs to move the pocket up. And I know there's no Gallimore. There's no Hill. You know, Watkins coming off COVID. Ost is a rookie. That's not really Brent Urban's game. He, he was eating some double teams, but he is not a pocket-pushing guy. So I get that, uh, but they're going to need to find a way to get pressure up the middle to help Gregory and, and Tank without the quarterback being able to step up so easily. Do you think maybe here in week 10 we could start seeing the, 
the uh, the return of the hot boys. It's man, do we really want to though? The hot boys at this point have put such a bad taste in my mouth. You know, the last couple of years, yeah. especially since Taco got on there, Mike, bring something else. You got Parsons now. You got eight new starters in your nickel. Basically, Lawrence is the only guy left from the Hot Boys because Gregory was pretty much suspended that whole time. So, yeah, talk, toss that aside. Let's do something different. Let's do like um like the 4D podcast. Let's go back to the Doomsday defense. Yeah, I'm out of that. Whatever gets those guys uh, motivated, you know, excited and gives them something to, I don't know, kind of uh, do, do as a, a unit together, you know, what, anything like that I'm all for. I agree. Pardon my yawn. Sorry. No problem. I, I know it's getting late over here, but I imagine it sounds like you've had a long day, so I'm sure you're getting tired as well, Mike. No, that's all right. We get to, I'm good talking Cowboys. <laughs> so we're good to go. You know, we're talking about the Dallas defense. They're kind of already at a disadvantage going up against Herbert and the Chargers. Now our offense is at a disadvantage without Lyle Collins and Michael Gallup. Uh, which injury hurts the offense the most? It's definitely Collins, and it's and it's it's honestly about the replacement level of the next player. Right. Um. I and my and I I made sure I did Cedric Wilson's player profile for Cowboys Wire. It was one of the first ones I put my name to because I just feel like he's underappreciated as a fourth wide receiver. I went in, I did a piece on, it wasn't for Cowboys Wire, I don't believe. It was just something I was doing. And I was talking about how if we lost Gallup next year, you re-sign Cedric Wilson to be your, you know how they like to cover their ass. This is your cover your ass wide receiver three, who's a great wide receiver four because of all he brings to special teams and uh, his versatility, being able to play outside and inside uh, on the offense. And I told people, if we went into next year with uh, Lamb, uh, Cooper, and Cedric Wilson, we'd be okay. We'd still be a, a top three offense. Cedric Wilson would be fine. He's not Gallup. He's not near Gallup. But he can do the job with those other two big-name receivers. So I like him. I think he's going to be fine. Collins, is, you know, is scary, man, because you know they don't want to move Martin out to right tackle. It's going to be Ty and Secchi. And uh, I think he'll be fine if he gets some chips because what, what hurts him is speed rushers. So if you can get out there and chip him with Schultz or Zeke or Pollard uh, before he gets going and, and Secchi can get his hands on him, he has power to play with Bosa. You just can't let him get around the corner on him. So you don't think, you don't think there's a chance that uh, Martin would slide, out, slide over to tackle? Well, not, not yet. They'd have to lose to San Diego and then be more in desperate mode against Philly. And then may Martin may go, smooth me out there, you know, if that's the best five. Mike, how, does, how can our defense beat a quarterback like Justin Herbert? Oh, that is a good question. Pass rush. They need to have a better pass rush. They need to affect him in the pocket. If they affect him in the pocket, I think he will give us some turnovers. He's still young. He's very good, but he's still young. So, yeah, I would say definitely um, uh, pass rush. They need to get at Justin Herbert. Yeah, that's what I have here in my eyes. My answer as well, Mike, force him out of the pocket. In 2020, he had eight fumbles as a rusher. So applying pressure with the blitz and forcing him to scramble, I think, is how we can beat him. I agree. I would love – 
I would love him moving around, trying to get out of the pocket, trying to scramble. That would be amazing. Uh, with Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler doing a lot of their damage in the middle of the field, could Jabril Cox be a factor this week? I don't think he will because I think they they showed you what they want to do for now last week when they ran the the um, three two six. Uh, they put three defensive linemen in, and we talked about this in pre-roll. They did three defensive linemen. One of their linebackers was like a designated pass rusher. You didn't know if he was coming or going like a Parsons or a Jalen. They had Keanu Neal as the other guy to match with them. And then they had uh, an extra safety, a third safety in, which was Javon Curse. And so I think if they went into an area where they needed more coverage, I don't think they'd go Cox yet. I think they'd stick with Curse or maybe Casey moves down and Hooker comes back in. Uh, now that he's got more time off of COVID, he'll be active and he could play the free and Casey can move up smaller, but as a coverage guy in the, in the box. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking that because because the assignment that Parsons drew with Gronk, you know, it doesn't really get any easier this week. I just thought maybe Cox will get some work to help Parsons and Neil with covering Allen and Eckler. Uh, I was just thinking that Cox might actually, you know, could potentially be a difference maker. The the thing about it is last week, Parsons had 51 snaps. Neil had 50. Jalen and LVE didn't even combine for 30. Jalen had 16. Uh, or they did. They only combined for 30. Jalen mm-hmm. had 16 and LVE had 14. So there's already, you know, you're asking. Some already. Yeah, you're asking him to take Parsons or Neil off the field for a set amount of plays to get Cox in. I, I just, I don't see it yet. There's, he's just, there, an injury is going to come. Something will come up naturally that'll get him in. And then we see how he plays after that. But how would you feel if he were to take the 15% snaps that Jalen would, would typically get? Uh, just in this game. Jalen's snaps are a little bit different than what you would want Cox for. Jalen was in on plays, yeah, where they thought he was where they thought he can move forward, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not really Jabril Cox's Cox stink, uh, 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 strength. Yeah. So if you're asking me in a vacuum, would I just like Jordan uh, uh, or Jordan Jabril Cox to take Jalen Smith's snaps? Sure. Jalen Smith's not great. And uh, shout out to Will Steele on his A to Z podcast, cutting that Jalen guy off. God, do you watch the A to Z podcast, Paul? I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I, I know I want to because anytime I've ever seen Steele do anything, he's he's blown me away. So I need to add that to my regular rotation. He's a beast, and and our and that young friggin' beast, Mauricio Rodriguez, does the night shows. That kid's the fact that that kid's twenty two and knows what he does just blows my mind. Such a smart dude. I love their shows. Well, Will Will has this guy on that caps for Jalen all the time. Like, Jalen's better than you think, this and that. And he came on, and he's like, you see my boy Jalen? And Will Snell's all like, what are you talking about? He went from 90% of the snaps to not even 20. Like, you can't come on. Like, And the guy just kept going and kept going. He finally cut him off. I was like, thank God, finally cut that guy off. That It's ridiculous. Sorry. I know I've gotten off topic a lot. This Anthony would be mad. <laughs> golly man Talk, talking about anthony it still haven't heard anything from my guy i know we can't we can't get into it we're not going to get depressed here we're going we're moving we're pushing through love you anthony 
Yeah, shout out to Anthony. Well, you know, Mike, now that the key pieces are healthy and coming back, does this Chargers defense worry you at all? Uh, Bosa versus a backup right tackle terrifies me. Um, minus that, man, I, like they have some playmakers, you know, like Derwin James might be able to make a play. I worry about sack fumbles and strips more than I do interceptions versus the unit they have because of our right tackle being compromised. But uh, like, do I think we'll put up 30 on them? Yeah, probably. I think we'll put up 30 on, on the chargers right in that area, 28, 28 to 32. So they don't terrify me. Just Bosa does Bosa versus Nseki or, or, uh, or steel is mm -hmm. terrifying. Yeah. Mike, after seeing Dak in the offense on Thursday, not, I'm not too worried about the defense, but adding players like Bosa and Derwin James, that, that definitely is an improvement to to a defense. I agree. He, yeah, with Tyan, man, what a rough first week. If it is Tyan Secchi, you got to go against Bosa your first time out. Yikes! Tough assignment, sir. All right, Mike, fill in the blank. The Cowboys win if Cowboys win if they pressure Herbert, cause turnovers, and then convert in the red zone TDs. That's the keys. I think they'll move the ball pretty easily against the Chargers. Um, they may uh, lose a turnover or two because of pressure off that right side or pressure off the other end because they're shading so much to the right. You know, a blitz gets through or sneaks through or something. <clears throat> but if they move down and capitalize on their red zone attempts uh, and they pressure uh, uh, Herbert, I think they win. The Cowboys win if. Our secondary can keep Herbert and the Chargers passing attack under 280 pass yards, Mike. I think we win this game. Last year in nine losses, Herbert averaged 280 passing yards in those losses. So I feel like, you know, we talked about it, uh, making him run around, putting the pressure on him. I, I think that's how we win this game. I love it. Yeah, you you want them trying to run with Eckler and, and Jackson and them. That's not really their strength. So yeah, you owe them under 280. You're pretty happy if you're a Dallas fan. Man, I can't believe it. I thought you were uh, – I really thought you might um, agree with me that, that Cox could be a, a factor this week. But, you know, I, you're the football brain, so, you know, I got to trust what you say, sir. I just think they that with that hooker likely comes back. Mm -hmm. And because of that 3-3 three, three set, yeah. um, it's going to be tougher for him to get past that because there's two safeties they want to play in that role with curse uh and then or you know one of casey or hooker that i just don't see cox i don't see cox getting snaps from parsons and and uh neil and the other one snaps aren't in those situations so it makes no sense to put parsons in to be an attacking downhill run stuffer that's not his game so I don't know. I think naturally he'll get in with, with an injury, you know, knickknack stuff. Yeah. Maybe they want to rest because it's 17, you know, weeks. I think he'll get in, but not this week. I think it's a little early. I guess I was just thinking because of Eckler's receiving ability that Cox might be a kind of a secret weapon to keep him contained. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Jordan Lewis draws that assignment and Canada sees some more time. Um, I don't know about how I feel about Jordan Lewis going up against Eckler. That sounds gross. Well, he, he did good against Kamara. He's done good against halfbacks in the past a couple of times. So, 
I don't love it, but you know, he could be okay. Yeah, that's true. Well, Mike, as always, I appreciate the discussion, sir. Thank you, man. It was, it was fun. You know, both of us, are, it's later than normal. Right. And we're watching the football game and it, you know, <laughs> We both, you worked all day. I worked and then had to help old people with electronics, which is brutal. My mom listens. I love you, mom. I'm sorry. You're just so bad with electronics. Shout out to Miss Crumb. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. She would, she, she, you, she knows that I, that I hate it. And she's like, I'm so sorry. And I feel bad because I'm like, she does, I'm like, mother, you do everything for me. I'm not, I'll do whatever. I'll go to your house and do anything you, you need done like she literally does like she just we were at walmart getting a roku and i was like hey i'm gonna go over and look at these books and i was reading over this book because i'm trying to get all the star wars timeline books i want to get all the canon and i was just going over it and she's like hey that thing's just 12 dollars. i'll just get it and i'm like no no it's fine i need to go over it's 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 fine takes it and puts it in the cart and i'm like i know not you know you know not to argue don't like, yeah, yeah, you're not one that's like, you're not going to win that. You're not going to go, what are you going to do? Get mad at her? No, I don't want the book. Like, no, dude, you're not just let her buy the damn book. All right. It's $12. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the thing is, if I wanted the book, I could be easily, I had like $70 on me. I could have just got the book, but she was like, no, no, I'm going to get the book. You know, you're helping me this and that. I'm like, whatever mother i'm like six books behind what i'm supposed to be right now i don't even have i don't know when i won't even get to that book till 2022 what's the name of that series of books it's the um it's well i'm getting every star wars book that's canon which means that disney says is official in the world of star wars so there's a timeline and these are the newer ones that are called the high republic and it's before the Phantom Menace and all that happened. It's, you know, when Obi-Wan says there was a thousand years when the Jedi Knights ruled the, uh, brought peace to the Republic and everything. It's that time. There's tons of Jedi. They have this ship that like allows them to get anywhere in the galaxy pretty much. And, and they just, there's tons and tons of Jedi and they just protect everything. And it's kind of during that time And it's pretty interesting because, you know, Yoda is still around, but he's not a focal point because it's not about the the uh, Skywalker times of Star Wars. It's pre that. So it's um, it's it's interesting. I really like him. I like the first books. I like the bad guys, the nil with Marshawn Rowe. You know, I like their uh, ability to uh, jump in hyperspace. They have these these ways that they can jump in hyperspace uh faster and more precise than uh regular hyperspace jumps okay and um it, it's it's been re- a really good book the the author is really good i highly recommend them but i'm going to go through the line all the way through from them all the way to rise of skywalker well you know my my wife she's the star trek fan of the two of us so that sounds like something that, that she might enjoy and we uh, we're actually reading uh the ready player one book which is really good but you read that book oh yes beautifully written dude just so easy to read enjoyable to read did you see the movie because there's some differences obviously with zemeckis and stuff dude the the book the book blows the movie away easily i i agree and i i very much enjoyed that movie i really 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 highly recommend you watch the movie it's very very good Mm -hmm. but then read the book because the book is 
the book the movie's more I don't want to say new school because I mean the Zemeckis movies like Back to the Future was the you know 80s 90s and stuff but but it it is the books like old school like stuff you know where Ready Player One is like taking that same story but adapting it to more Steven Spielberg based characters yeah uh which is great for a movie because his movie world's excellent but yeah that definitely read the book couldn't agree more mike well before we get you out of here sir remind the people where they can find you on twitter at cd piglet letter c letter d piglet nice and easy and mike i want to say congratulations on your newest milestone as well sir thanks man 2k followers i appreciate y'all like i've had a i've had a few like even people like that retweeted like how the hell is this guy only 2k followers which you've already said but you're supposed to say that you have to be nice hey paul didn't even mean it but he's just saying it to be nice he's a good guy but there's people that i don't even know <laughs> that uh that is on there and and they're like you know like this guy show one guy was like i thought you were like ten thousand followers i was like damn that's that's crazy like no i am not uh cd drumming that man is 10, 15K deep. Voice of the Stars, 30K deep. Mm. I'm 2K. Mike, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a bold, bold claim. I think by the end of this year, by the end of 2021, you're going to have 5,000 followers. So you're going to pass me in followers. No, I don't. I don't see how. That's insane. I'm telling you, man, you're, you've already had a couple of your articles like go viral or, you know, get over 10,000 shares. The, those followers are going to start coming in all of a sudden. There's something, you're going to tweet something. You're going to make a claim. You're going to just have a tweet that's going to go viral. And then all of a sudden, you're, those, that follower account going to skyrocket. I'm calling it now. That's, a, that's an awesome thought, man. I, I, I would not be against that. That would be cool. As long as it isn't something where it was like a, a Dan Orlovsky or, or I don't want to do it that way. If I got to be a skip Bayless, I'll be happy with my legit 2k followers that know I'm legit over the, the BS, you know, Dan Orlovsky stuff. Dude, did you see the tweet from 2014 Colin, Colin Cowherd saying that Dak Prescott's going to be a backup tight end in the NFL? Oh, I knew that one. Yeah. He's, He's a shock jock. You know what I watch Colin for, though? I'll, I will give him props. I watch it every Friday, 10 o'clock, Blazing Five. Because it's about betting, and you have to be serious about it. Mm-hmm. You have to come in. You know, you're trying to take that seriously, and he's actually really good at it. I give him 100% props. The rest of his shit is shock jock. It, it goes, depending on what he thinks will get him ratings for, for that week, that day, that hour. You know, so don't don't really pay attention to him except his bla- hey, watch the shit out. His blazing five on the on the radio where he has RJ come on, not the one on the show, but the one where he has RJ come on, who's a actual betting guy, and he talks about uh if the sharks agree with him or not. Awesome. Highly recommend you find those every week. They're well worth watching. And I and you know I don't say that about the shock jocks. Because the other one from that network, I'll piss on that guy. I don't care about the Stephen A. Smith character that he plays where he, quote unquote, hates the Cowboys and last, please, please, you, you would give anything in the, Stephen A. Smith would give anything in the world to have the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Anything. Don't let him fool you. 
anything in the world to have Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl, period. He'd give anything because he knows what that means for his show. He knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, Mike. I couldn't agree with you more on the shock jock thing. But, uh, again, I, I appreciate the time. It was a good discussion. And uh, while we're getting out of here, guys, you can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you joining us. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>